podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. He's got rabbits in his hat. Tricks up sleeves. Disappearing cats. He's a great magician. He's got magic rings. Flowers on the stick. All kinds of tricks. Of course, we meant Phil Coutinho. It's the day trippers. It's a shame you missed it. It was probably the best podcast ever. Fact. Ever. Fact. Critics would have called it a show for the ages, and it definitely had no ritual host abuse, which I'm just as glad to see confined to the bin of Casey's Mac. But you'll never hear that show because Phil killed it. So here we are, with not one win to talk about, but two, and a derby to preview again. I'm Trev Denny, and joining me in the bunker for this hastily convened replacement pod are late-night explorer Neil Gray, broken former optimist Dave Thomas, and podcast terminator, one of the liquidy fellas, Phil Casey. Gotta delete this. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, there's the outtake. Uh, right, okay, let's uh, start with a look back at the two most recent fixtures. We'll focus mostly, I suppose, on last night, but uh, we should also acknowledge the game that was lost and the pod that was lost. So, two really fine displays, um, defensive solidity, generally speaking, nice fluid attack, generally speaking, and a scoring return for Danny Sturridge. Um, progression in the cup also. Neil, good Trevor. good couple of days, fella. Yeah. To be a red. No, of course it was, yeah. Well, it started specifically with Saturday. Um, there was a bit of consternation before the game, I suppose. A lot of people were saying we're going to struggle here, but we didn't whatsoever. Do mm. I mean, we had nearly 70% possession, I think. Mm. That was that was just, I'm good at the stats. You are? Yeah. yeah that's, that's where I excel. <laughs> said, said that on Monday. Research. <laughs> yeah, we did, yeah. There was a whole section on it. <laughs> No, it went really well. It was, I mean, from front, I know they didn't offer much, but I don't think they were allowed to offer much. I think that was what was more, that was what we were more, we imposed our game on them rather than letting them come and dictate to us, which was what was happening at the beginning of the season. Now, I know a lot of players are playing better than they were then, but I think we imposed ourselves on them and we played the brand of football we wanted to play, specifically when Sturridge came on. Hmm. But up to that point, we were the better team. Yeah, yeah. And I think the. Once once we continue to play like that, results will take care of themselves, and I did that day. And do you feel that's something's taken hold there now, going into the last night's performance and taking? Yeah, that well, as well, I think Rogers made some comments today about a winning habit. I think that's bullshit habits. I mean, you, you winning isn't a habit. If you keep doing the right things, if you keep playing the right players in the right positions, 
and and start from that and then if you if the honesty of effort is there you're going to win games I mean you don't uh, I don't subscribe to that that uh, it becomes a habit just like is, is that not by definition what you described is that not a habit no, if you keep doing something no it's not no 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 I'm just being devil's application of here, application of effort isn't a habit because a habit is autonomous <laughs> <laughs> It's not though, but it is. Yeah, okay. uh, Dave Thomas, this is a decidedly philosophical debate. Can you talk to me a bit more in general about the last couple of days and if you see some sort of uh, uh, nice trend taking hold now? Oh yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of positives, you know, and a lot of trends to take on. I mean, specifically, I think as good as our attacking play has been, I think it's really our defence that you know you'd probably call out as the the biggest area of improvement. I think since uh, since Christmas. Nobody has conceded fewer goals than we have. And I think that's coincided with the change in system and also the uh, the introduction of uh, Sacco and Jan into that back three, both of which, you know, Sacco against uh, West Ham was outstanding and then Jan last night was outstanding. And I think the thing that perhaps impressed me the most is that both West Ham and Bolton kind of played the brand of football which sometimes causes us problems you know we're really physical kind of in your face big target man mm. you know how many times have we seen that type of striker go up against the likes of Skirtle or Lovren or God forbid Johnson and you know really put him under a lot of pressure so I think the fact that we got through you know got through both games and only conceded from a penalty and we're really in a lot of control I think that bodes really really well I think with Rodgers you could always back that he knows how to organise an attack you know he knows how to and we've got enough good attacking players I think what's been really uh, positive and really refreshing is to see him you know trust and build a really effective defensive unit Yeah Phil I was trying to put a few thoughts together on this myself today for an article on yesterday and the bottom line is yeah definitely there is that kind of uh, improvement in the defence and there is some sort of a unit there that we can hopefully see going into the rest of the season and who knows what happens after that whether it'll stay three or go four or whatever but it's a confluence of things, isn't there? I mean, it, it, as Neil said early on, players have started to play well in the forward areas of the pitch too. It's not just Daniel Sturridge coming back. There's an awful lot of stuff happening together that's really lending itself to this run, you know? So it's not it's not habit as such. It's a lot of good fortune too, isn't it? What's the story with everyone swallowing dictionaries tonight? Confluence, autonomous... Oh no! <laughs> Can you say that in English, there, Philip? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's good, isn't it, Phil? For the run. It's, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit conflicted over after last night's game mm. because you know I was on a high coming in after the West Ham match because it had been so good, the performance had been, so, you know, been so complete, the defense, defensive work had been so well. I thought we were fairly sloppy last night. Out straight, the, the changes that he made, the midfield didn't function at all and because of that we we allowed Bolton to dominate us more or less for 55-60 minutes they were comfortable now they weren't posing any real threats but they were comfortable and there was enough times that Mignolet had to come out and step off his line and, and, and mop up things and thought even off set pieces we looked a bit sloppy again which we had stopped looking sloppy off over the last couple of weeks yeah, we were bad last night so, so it, it's, anyway. it's, it's a bit up and down for me in, in real terms that like you know you go off such a good one against West Ham and you go into the FA Cup now you throw that in with you know, my own personal view around the FA Cup, which is not 
massive. Like, I, like I, to be honest with you, I didn't care if we would stayed in. I went out of that trophy last mm. night. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I wanted us to stay in it, but it wasn't going to be the end of the world had we had we been eliminated because we've got the Europa League still there. That offers a chance of Champions League qualification, and you know we have put ourselves in the position because of the likes of the West Ham because we were trying to mount a recovery. You know, to, to mount a charge for the for for the top four purely because most of the teams that are being in, I don't think there's ever been this small a gap between the teams at this stage from say third down to to seventh oh. where we are. Mm. So there's a lot of things falling that leaves us in with a chance of getting top four. It's still a massive ass, but you know our focus has to be on the league. And maybe there was a little bit of that in the performance last night. That no matter what way you say, the derby is around the corner, and you know you can park it all you want but there's definitely going to be eyes a bit towards the actual derby and do enough to get through last night and ultimately we did you know the sending off has a big influence and bringing Henderson on for Delana had a big influence in terms of it gave us somebody in the midfield you know then when Alan went out and they pushed Chan into midfield that's the game changer you know what I mean Like, and, and I know we'll get on to the, the, the majestic fucking stride of that man because he's just he's perfect hmm. perfect <laughs> can I tell you a secret I was hoping that that was exactly what would happen that you would as Dave Thomas has pointed out before basically summarise the entire agenda in your opening comments <laughs> and you have so it's lovely you flagged everything there and right, that's a wrap lads <laughs> <laughs> just now, press delete there what, what we <laughs> delete what we can do now is we can go and pick a few of the things out that you've uh, you, you flagged up there look we could talk about the defences as a whole and um, you know that's, that's fair enough and we should do that but as you say there's nowhere else to start just as the last day there was nowhere else to start but with one man with Danny Sturge today there's nowhere else to start but with Emery Jan and as you say half seriously half jokingly he is and was incredibly impressive uh, over the two games but last night Dave ridiculous yeah. Oh, I mean he was he was exceptional last night um, ironically actually probably better for like what he did in 20 minutes actually was so much better than anything else anyone else did on the pitch <laughs> that you kind of forget about the fact that he was actually really solid for yeah. 70 minutes before. Just doing the job he's so, I mean, to do, yeah. Against West Ham and against and for 70 minutes against Bolton, I actually thought he was really impressive um, despite Tony Gale's ridiculous commentary at the weekend who continued to say... Tony failed. Oh, he's he's rattled, he's rattled. No, he wasn't. It, it, you know, you only have to watch Emery Jean to know. He's he doesn't get rattled. He's a foreign lad. He doesn't like get up in more like, you know? They don't, they don't do the physical stuff they don't do no the they don't do that in Germany Especially you never see Bundesliga, that like, you know? yes. uh, but last night when he moved into midfield I mean we'll come on to Jared, right so let me park Jared. but yeah, do, you know do. people kind of wonder you know when are we going to see a player like Gerrard who takes a game by the scruff of the neck well I'm sorry what Emerjan did in 20 minutes last night I haven't seen it, Stephen Gerrard do in 10 years which is he moved into the middle of the park and he said yeah we're not going to lose this game actually lads I'm not I'm not losing to these these are shit mm. actually yeah. so let's just let's just beat them shall we and he literally took the ball off Gerrard's toes he literally stood four yards away from him everyone gave Jan the ball and oh my god his pass for Sterling mm. I mean seriously if Coutinho did that they'd be 20 articles written today about that pass that is just an unbelievable pass and my favourite bit of the pass which you can only see on a couple of angles is he he does the pass and then he does a little hendo skip mm. on the spot as if yeah. to go oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a lovely pass <laughs> you know, almost like totally chuffed at himself yeah, yeah. I wish the camera stayed on him to see uh, what his reaction would be just after Sterling scored well, <laughs> <laughs> player yeah, cam pretty much yeah can cam yeah but he was uh, I mean he was absolutely majestic but for 20 minutes he was just 
head and shoulders above anything I've seen for a long time. Look, it's, uh, we might as well at this point because there's been a huge amount of response to his performance um, and suggestions from the from the listeners that, that we might. I'll just read out a few of them, and you can take it from there, Neil. Whatever you want, that you can respond or not respond. We had Carl O'Shea saying, "Can Emery Chan be as good as Jabby Alonso?" As he was asking himself that question. Uh, Ronan asking, "When does Emery Chan become the best player in the world? Is it before or after he leaves us for Bayern Munich in 2018?" <laughs> that's uh, that's very. Cynical Ron and uh, yeah, Josiah Villa saying, Who do we play in the battery when Chan takes Lucas's place against Everton? Um, he seems to think that's a bit more urgent that move to midfield. And Adam as well saying, Chan in centre back of midfield, where's the place for him? Um, that's a real issue, is it not, uh, Neil, that people have been addressing all the time? When does he move into the midfield? When it would be best for us? I've heard a lot of conflicting and very good opinions on both sides. Um, well, I suppose just to answer a couple of it. The, the chats that come in there the first thing they were saying is is he the next Jabby Alonso no he's he's not the next anything he's not the next Steven Gerrard there's nothing it's the, what his, his impact and his influence over the team that's the most remarkable thing I mean <clears throat> what I was most impressed with was yesterday when he stepped particularly like I've said he was brilliant for 70 minutes stepped up into midfield he didn't say like um, we're going to win this I, I'm going to win this game on my own and I'm going to score the goal and yeah. I want all the accolades and I'm going to make these charging runs and crunching tackles he didn't he didn't panic once he just kept sideways probing 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 saying yeah. I'm going to get an opportunity to put someone in here and when I have the chance I'm going to put it under toe which is exactly what happened Yeah, I mean that's the confidence and took has. on a shot and goal or two as well and which yeah, is I mean, he was, the but that was the most Delightful. impressive thing for me it was that he didn't panic <laughs> it was save. just simple and the, all of his fellow, all of his teammates have, have the ultimate respect for him as well because he was the man, well, he got the ball. He take the ball off them every. And but they were giving it to him, give it to him, give it to him because they knew he's the guy that's going to make the che- make mm. the difference here. So in respect of, does he move up into midfield on Saturday? No, I don't think so because we're doing all right the way we are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. keep it the way it is. Why would you change Lucas it? has been excellent, regardless of yeah. what anyone wants to say about him or, or what he had. All we can judge him on is what he's doing presently, and what he's doing presently, he's doing it magnificently well. Mm. So you leave him where he is, you leave Hendo where he is, and we go. And uh, I was going to say we go. We go again. again. No, 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 no. We leave it the way it is, and if we need him in twenty minutes, we push him, push him up into the middle. Isn't yeah. it? I mean, sure, isn't that? That's the ideal situ- yeah. scenario. Yeah. Do you Phil, know what I mean? Phil, that's interesting. Uh, and, and Neil's touching it there. He's not the next anybody, you know. He's autonomous, isn't that right, Neil? Yeah. He's individual. He doesn't have to be anybody, you know what I mean? Really autonomous. There's a confluence of ideas around it. But he doesn't. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be anybody else. We we don't have to think about it in those terms, you know. No. People want him to be Jared so badly. No, no. Everyone wants when when they look at a, a player emerging. There's always this rush to compare him to somebody who was brilliant in that position Understandable, previously. I guess. Right? Yeah. But he's a combination of so many different players and this is what the really good players are. They're never exactly like somebody else. They're a combination of a couple of different styles rolled into one. Like Steven Gerrard when he came through. He was everything. He was, he was the mm. box-to-box midfielder. He was you know, the, the right auxiliary centre-forward. Centre he was a capable... And this is what Chan brings in, in, in real terms because we're talking about twice now, the last two games, both times, he's been switched into the centre of, of the back three, right? Mm. And I think it's a tactical thing. I think... And I, 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 said, I was reinforced last night when, when I was thinking about it because... 
he's better positioned when he gets on that ball in the centre of defence if a team is starting to drop back and sit back particularly when they took the lead before he actually shoved them into midfield you give it the chance and he's not looking to just play a ball to one of the centre backs he wants to take it and he wants to move to forward, move forward yeah. and you know we're leaving then Skirtle and Sacco to, to, to drop in as, as normal centre backs and effectively before he'd moved into midfield he'd moved into midfield Gerard mm. had moved out of that defensive area mm. Henderson was on and had tucked in beside and it was almost like a uh, you know the, 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 the sort of defensive midfielder he took up that role as well as being a centre back in the way that he was playing and what's lovely about that is that it, it, it's, it's, real, it's a real flexible midfielder it's not somebody who is, who is set in stone as that I only play defensive midfielder and I can do a job here or I only play as an attacking midfielder and I can do a job here he can do it across the midfield spectrum and he can also do it in the back as well arguably he could probably play full back because we've seen him morale down the right hand side when he's been playing as the right centre back as well mm. and he did play full back with Leverkusen on six or seven occasions last year and was more than capable of playing there so you know this is a very very I remember when we signed him I remember how excited I was when we signed him and I said it to you right? like mm. this, this fella has the potential to go on to be an absolute superstar in the actual game and it was purely around the fact that he has he has everything you want in a, in a modern footballer and it's not just great there's also this level of physicality and powerfulness to him that you know that not everyone brings because he was being slated you know for his physique earlier in the summer it's the same physique he hasn't gotten any skin put away right it's yeah. the same oh, physique he that's the, it's, he's, he's this, question he had a belly at the start of the season he oh, that's perception that's, that's perception, that's perception. Well, I swear yeah, to you. I know yeah all it is. I perceived he had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and your perception was wrong. Deception, I think it's yeah. But you know, you, you look at him, and it's that it's that physique, it's that powerfulness, which is which gives him an extra ten percent over the likes of say somebody like Joe Allen or a diminished Stephen Gerrard. It's being able to just power pass players that they can't live with you, they can't knock you off the ball, they just can't, they just can't get it off you. And when the lads were talking about the way he took ownership of those last twenty minutes, or even on on, on Saturday when he was there and he was he was bossing from from the back as well. We talked about the next captain. We talked about is Henderson the right man. I said it then, and I say it now. The way he took hold of that game last night yeah. was that was one of the biggest signs of leadership on a pitch that we've seen in a long, long time since the heyday of Gerrard when he used to do that type of thing. But it was controlled, and the most important thing was everything he did when he stepped in there. It wasn't panic. It wasn't rash. It was as Neil said. That's a good point. You remember your mayhem theory about Gerrard? Yeah. That's exactly it, what I was yeah, thinking when I was. Yeah. When I was there was no I was, need for that. I was inspired by Phil. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Every Jesus single thing I said. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's the pod fucking I mean, over. Can we, just, can we just cut a bigger hole in that door? <laughs> but just on the the control thing, I think the thing that, you know, you you can miss in the in the helter skelter of the game or whatever was just how tactically smart he was as well. Mm. You know, both of them had just gone down to ten men. Now we'd done the charitable thing and brought Barini on to even it up a little bit. <laughs> but you know, we were they both had gone down to ten men and he went into that space yeah. and kind of directed people around him and, and it wasn't the you know the Captain Fantastic show it was like lads we've got more men than they got let's just yeah. everyone relax here like we'll just we'll play around space. them yeah it was mm. like so I, I thought the tactical awareness was what was really smart and it, you know to, to score two goals with five minutes to go suggests a certain degree of probing and a certain degree of patience and a certain degree of we're not going to lose our heads here and you did get the sense even though we were down you did get the sense it'll come here it'll yeah. come you know we were playing well enough that it'll come so I mean we could probably do a whole pod on Jean to be honest with you but mm. yeah, I mean, <coughs> it's really exciting I think really we really have to be careful though as well he's like we have to he's only in the team a couple of weeks and he's not he's not exactly the second coming yet as you know what I mean like he has all the potential in the world like agreed and he was brilliant last night but the heap 
the future of the club on top of him the way Steven Gerrard carried it for 10 years is a little bit much oh, I well I'll say this for him I, here's my shout have you been on, a per, on, a per, on a per minute basis on a per minute basis I think he's been our player of the season since, since he got in and held down the spot I, I can't think of a game or a minute he's played uh, you know a game that, an appearance he's had where he wasn't eight great <coughs> but can absolutely I, can, great will, will I say there's, there's, there's one interesting point go on about Chan at 1-0 he makes a bad attempt at a clearance and Go Johnson hits a really bad header at Mignolet right if Go Johnson scores it there was a massively different narrative in that game huge yeah it's, it's massively what happens after that point is that he then is, is, is as we said he shifts then into midfield and everything starts to change around and he starts pulling and probing the actual thing if if Gun Johnson heads it in and they go on to win the game there even mm. if we get one back or whatever right then the papers the next day is full of the, the thing that, that Chan shouldn't be a centre back Tony Gale's having a laugh yes yeah. yep yeah yeah, but it, that and that would negate all the good stuff they done up to that point, which wasn't necessarily well, stepping up. Well, only looking field. for negatives, it would yeah. negate every yeah. all the good work he did yeah. up to that point. So but I think this is the position we find ourselves in as a team a little bit at the moment. You know, unless you watch us all the time, like we do, and like you know a lot of our fans do. You know, the casual observers to Liverpool, the you know the people who do write that type of article, the people who don't watch us all the time, I think they are a little stuck about what to write. They are a little bit like unsure of Sacco and Jan and Markovic and these players and you know Lalana's a really good example Lalana versus Jean I think is a really good example Lalana's a player that everyone in the British press is really familiar with and you know you're listening to the commentary last night Phil Neville is saying how impressed he was with Lalana how everything he did was really good and, and I hear that narrative with Lalana a lot I think Lalana's done okay but I don't think he's been anything special versus the narrative you get with Sacco and with Jean is just laced with doubts. It's laced with yeah. caveats. It's yeah. like he's done okay for a midfielder playing in the back three. Sacco always looks awkward, but he always manages to get his pass it's away. Lazy, isn't it? It, it, it's, it's not. Just, it's not it's far lazy. off ingrained xenophobia. It really that. is. It really it's is just. It's not. Far. It's not. A, it's not a. It's It's not because of their. No, it's I, xenophobic. I, I don't think. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, hang on a minute. I don't think it's because of their nationality. I think if they'd been playing in a Premier League a year ago, I think they'd be. It would be different. I think it's a lack of familiarity. It's the fact that they're playing from a league. That they maybe, they just don't know maybe. they don't know what to make of these players. I yeah. think, but the, the progression, particularly with the progression, particularly with Sacco, I mean, has, has been so. Gra- I mean, because we're avid viewers and we watch closely, his progression has been so gradual. Yeah. So it's it's so it's not as if he was bad this week and then next week he's nine out of ten and he's nine out of ten for the next six weeks. But his progression is so gradual yeah. that if you're lazy and you're not watching, it's easy just to write yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, that way, I completely it? agree. I read an article today where someone was saying that um, you know his his awkward style has led some Liverpool supporters to compare him to Jimmy Traore, and I was like. No, it's not the Liverpool supporters who are making that comparison. It's the casual observers of Sacco who are making that comparison. Sadly, some of them are, but I understand the point you you're know. making. I wanted to talk about Mamadou Sacco next because uh, in the in the in the pod that never was, we spoke a lot about him because he had been so outstanding mm. against West Ham. Yeah. To be fair to the guy uh, and and his his performance last night, which was equally solid, gets a bit lost uh, in comparison with the other man. Um, Phil, he is a guy who we really can't do without in the team at the moment for the balance that he offers. Exactly, and also the, the the level he he in terms of the physicality in the defence, yeah. right? Uh, as he's a pure defender in terms of the way you know he defends the actual thing, he's he's a much more physical presence than say Skirtle is. He doesn't get bossed around. He doesn't get bullied by opposition centre forwards. And mm. you've noticed they've stopped. You know they're trying to get their big man. If we're playing against a big man, they're trying to get the big man up against Chan or Skirtle as opposed to letting Sacco yeah. come in and, and, and dominate him because they know they can't win the physical challenge against them. Yeah. But what he uh, uh, like Chan, and we said it, he's so good on the ball. 
He never looks. It's it, it, it's never just a hoof. His forced thinking is not a hoof. His forced thinking is always right. Where, who's who's on a midfield that I can play the ball into the, so that we can retain possession. He's, you know, he has an awkward style. He do, like he does have an awkward style about it in terms of the way he plays the game. But he's fully in control. But it's no more awkward than the way, say, Luis Suarez used to play the game in a, in a different sense because Suarez always looked like he was on the on the about verge to fall over, about, yeah. the yeah. verge yeah. about to fall over. Yeah. Whereas Sacco seems to be always on his heels. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah, he's all for someone who's constantly on his heels. He's incredibly light footed. So yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's not. It's just the way he's developed his game over the years. So. And you can count on the fingers of two fingers how many misplaced passes a high pro ones at least he's done yeah and, and well, uh, listen they, defenders always make misplaced passes it's, it's about what, what, they, hap- yeah, it's what happens afterwards that, yeah. that, that becomes the issue you know I, I look at it and, and you know no matter what way the, the, the tree at the back it works best for, for Martin Scarrow because he doesn't get as exposed as he does mm. You know, and the penalty happens. I say, but well, the same could be said for any centre back that you're in the back tree. You're not going to be as exposed. But I, sorry, uh, no, I was just saying, I was thinking out loud there more than anything. Good man. Um, <laughs> sorry, Phil. Go on. Have you just had no. a stroke or something? <laughs> 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 fast, fast, <laughs> fast. Sorry, yeah. Uh, just what what about do we do? Put him on the side or something? Lie down here. Lie down. Lie down. I'll just delete that again. I was really critical of him at the start of the season, and rightly so. I thought as well. Who you talking about? You know, Scott or Sackler? Jimmy Breeze <laughs> 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 no, I was very critical of the start of the season and rightly so I thought but is, is, uh, he has improved dramatically what was he critical of? see again the, the thing about this is it was, well it was I was critical of him and his partner and the whole defence but Neil, he was part of that Neil, disaster Neil, wasn't the, he the only, the only thing is right and I'll say it Sacco has always looked better, a better defender when he hasn't been beside Skirtle and the two at the back. And an awful lot of the. And it's a kernel of, 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 of an issue that we've had a poor defending. Skirtle has always been the ever present. Yeah. Now, you know what I mean? Skirtle has always only, look, has only looked like a really good defender on a season on season off basis. And that's, this, well, that's my own theory about it. it he, has, theory, he, has, yeah. he has one good season, then he has one poor season, right? Now, the one thing we'll say with, with him was he has never looked as good as a defender in a two unless he's been, been playing alongside Daniel Agger. No yeah. one ever, no, no one ever has played. Has, has no. they've never looked at a good combination, and when that combination wasn't working at the start of last season, you know, th- then we started having the issues again. So, when you look at this now, to offset the fact that Skerritt isn't particularly great on the ball or isn't going to carry it out the fence and wants to play that little bit deeper, by putting the two other centre backs there. Who, who press that little bit further ahead of them allows them to go in it condenses the space and it means that we don't have as many gaps between the midfield and the forward the two, line the, two, the other two centre-halves um, Sacco and Skirtle do have to get out of jail clause at a, if they're caught in possession just lay it off to Shannon he'll sort it out as well so that's a massive I, I think the back three thing for us at the minute I'm very highly yeah. criticised the defence at the minute by the way well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not criticising the you know defence I'm just saying it, 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 it allows the, the the better qualities of each of their games as an individual to to, to, to happen right mm. and if you if you go back if you try to change I've seen some people talk about let's go back to a four three three for the weekend right as soon as you change the shape and you mentioned this the on Monday <laughs> as soon as, if you go and yeah. change the, the shape, listeners don't know who you're pointing at by the yeah. way like <laughs> Andy <laughs> <laughs> but if you go back if we revert back to a different shape or a different formation to try shift Emery Chan into the centre midfield. You're going to have the same issues arise that we had previously because, again, we have the situation where Skerl doesn't want to play high up the pitch. Mm-hmm. We have Saka who does want to play the higher up the pitch. We have a line that's all over the shop, which we've seen before, and straight away we magnify the problems. Don't change the shape now. And I agree. And, and the point that, just uh, for me to finish up on Saka, I think that, you know, the last eight games, you know, it, it would be easy to be completely revisionist and say, well, you know, 
start in Sacco was always a slam dunk. But the truth is, no two defenders, apart from three games when Colo Torre played next to Daniel Aga, have ever looked good in a two under Rogers. I can't think of a single pairing that's worked, you know. So, and that includes Sacco, Lovren, Skirtle, Torre, you know, any combination of those four in a two has always looked bad. We've never looked good with a two. So it is the shift to the three and the introduction of Sacco which has worked. It isn't just the introduction of Sacco. Um, and, and I think he's been great for, I mean, not just great, I mean, you think he's been phenomenal for eight games, you know, and he is absolutely a mainstay of the team. But the first point, that, and we talked about it on Monday before we deleted everything, you know, going to a back four is the worst thing we could do right now. Even if that two central defenders were Jean and Sacco who are our two best players even if we did that it would be an absolute disaster I don't know I have no idea why we would even contemplate it right now but Sacco in a three last eight games been phenomenal what about what about a, a point that was made here before we actually went live about Martin Skirtle um he has been certainly, as you, you've all pointed out, been helped massively by the two guys either side of him. And he's managed to play very solidly in, the, in, the, in that time frame. Was there a couple of, or were there a couple of dodgy signs over the last game or two, certainly maybe last night, um, that perhaps, you know, uh, you know, he's, he is still the weak link? Look, skirtle, skirtle. I mean, you know, <laughs> he hasn't turned into Beckenbauer just because we moved into a back three. Unless he, is, he has the headband. He, unless he has a headband on, mm, but he is still going to do skirtle things. Yeah. Like throw a kick at that kid last night. That's a skirtle thing for him to do. Or come racing 20 yards out to kick someone 30 yards from goal. He does these things mm. that are always in his head. You know, he's just not as composed as Sacco or Jean. He doesn't think those things through. Um, you know, he doesn't. He makes too many tackles or tackles that he doesn't need to go and do. So Martin Skirtle's not the future of, you know, the future of the, the team or anything like that, but he's not going to go anywhere. What we have now is a system that mitigates his weaknesses and allows him to hopefully elevate his strengths, which are, you know, winning uh, balls into the box and last-ditch tackles. He doesn't have to grapple with men and things like that. You know, he's a little bit more positionally savvy. So... But Skirtle is Skirtle. Like, I mean, and yet that happened last night to our detriment with the, with the penalty situation. Well, know? exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. Skirtle yeah. Skirtle. Yeah. I mean, you didn't touch him. I know, it's a penalty. Yeah, but it's not, but you didn't touch him. You don't him. have to make contact for it to be a penalty. Do you know? That's no. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go to kick someone and then they go out of the way. It's still a penalty. Look, <laughs> look anyway, if, if, if we get the penalty, we'll say it's a soft penalty, but we'll take it we'll every take day it. of the week. Yeah. You're going to get some. You're not going to get some. You know the referees are poor generally. And he, he was he, terrible. He was he, he was terrible. Wasn't he though? Yeah, but like yeah. every week, you could have it. You could have it just a debate about how bad was the referee. We have this chat every and week. Ga- and gauged him on a, on a skating of zero to zero. Talk and, to and me about Skirtle times, on it though. But like, look at Skirtle. He, he it, it was a moment. It was a rash moment. Hmm. There's no need to throw the boot in because hmm. there was actually players around him. So you know, it, but it's at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, we don't lose. If we lose the game. Yeah. Then, then yeah. I think we're looking for problems, looking for problems that aren't there really a little bit because we're not conceding, and the defensive unit is incredibly solid. No, but it, in spite of the goalkeeper, well, as I said last night, for me, it was it was more shaky than it has been over the last few games. Yeah. As I said to you, because the, Lucas was we, we, haven't conceded, we, we haven't conceded an open play goal in nearly eight hundred minutes. Hmm. That's a good start, right there. There you go. There we go, lads. Oh, Research. Yeah, no, that wasn't negative, oh, Neil. It's in it's, it's in response to your. Uh, let's not go. You know. Mm-hmm. Blowing that. Yeah, exactly. It's just in the interest of balance. Look, if, they, if everyone were in danger of getting carried away, 
Martin Skirtle will always do something. Right? <laughs> so that's the thing to remember. Yeah. There will always be a Skirtle. So but you know, you know, like, and I, I suppose it is probably time to move on to talk about the, the, the good things, which has been the movement in the attack and the, the, the you know, Sterling, Coutinho, and and and, and the reemerge like the. The rebirth of storage again because it is literally a rebirth. We haven't seen him. The rebirth the of storage. We haven't seen him since last year. I didn't mm-hmm. realize. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, nice. it's like it was like a butterfly emerging from a oh, Don't do that. <laughs> don't do imagery. Fragile. Don't do it. Don't do imagery. <laughs> Just don't. To bring joy to the masses. <laughs> Jesus wept. Flittering his wings as he goes before gracefully we, past the Before player, you get here, butterflies up front. Back heels to Barini. Saves, you know. Oh, I was with you until you mentioned Barini. <laughs> <laughs> you were there, then. Oh. You were there, man. And then you mentioned I'm, him. I'm, you know, when if you look at the, at the three components of the team, and you go to the West Ham game, our midfield functioned really well. Let's and talk Luke, about Lucas that. had a great Let's game. Talk Let's talk about, about the midfield because but the the midfield last night didn't function, mm. didn't exist. Okay, okay. Well, let, let, look, Neil set that up a little bit in the, in the in the way that he's mentioned it too. So I'm gonna go to you straight away on this, and I'll come back to the two boys, Neil. Uh, it looked, didn't it, when the game was starting, when we saw uh, both Lucas and Hendo uh, sitting that one out, a lot of people were saying, OK, that's nice, that looks like it could be the midfield now for Saturday for the derby. Everyone's quite happy with that, right? But when we get into the game and we see Jared playing, where Jared probably shouldn't be playing anymore, it makes you panicky because you think he's going to start the derby, isn't he? So he needs to start in the front of any midfield situation, doesn't he? I don't think he's going to start on Saturday. You don't? No, I honestly don't. No, because I think, um, just to, just to go back, I mean, Rogers, I think, in my opinion, he deserves a little bit of credit lately. I mean, he had the savvy to sort out, to put the three lads at centre half. People might say that was, that was, um, it was obvious, but it wasn't. He still had to go and make that decision. Mm. And he brought Chan in. And, ev- and like we were saying, everybody's complimenting each other. I really don't think he's going to do an about-face turn. Um, and just and drop Gerard in just because of the derby. I mean, people. He's 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 stri- he may strike people as sentimental, but that's a media front. I don't think he is sentimental at all. Really, and, and that's just my opinion. So, I mean, sentiment certainly isn't going to get in the way of us beating Everton on Saturday. And I mean, well, talk to me about Gerard specifically in, in, and, and his performance last his night. His performance last night. Yeah. He was, in my opinion, it's I know it pains me to say it, but he was really poor. Hmm. I mean, we we touched on it earlier before we start recording that. To me, he looks like. Um, his he, he looks stiff. Mm. He, he, his his gait is all wrong. Um, he just looks like he's just play, had too much football and had made, maybe too many serious injuries over the course of his career. He's just not up to that high level anymore, and particularly in the the modern day midfielder that has to be box to box. He can't do it anymore. I mean, we're trying to accommodate him now. We put him in. We put, I mean, he was a deep line midfielder last year, and people say that didn't work. When in fact, in my opinion, it did because we nearly won the league. But this season, it's the, it's the legs are definitely gone. I mean, that's an old adage: his legs are gone, but they are. Hmm. You can see he he has it upstairs. He still wants to play that pass. He knows the pass the pass to play, but he just can't get there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Dave, that's a fair point, isn't it? Even the, even the most staunch Jared loyalist would sit, would have to agree that look, he was struggling um, with the physicality of the game last night in terms of imposing himself in any way, shape, or form. Oh look, I mean, Jerry was fucking appalling last night. If it, if this is any other player, if this is Lalana or if this is you know Dejan Lovren or I mean, he's getting slaughtered all over. We're the a shop. lot less careful yeah, with language. He yeah. was terrible. Yeah. The game absolutely passed him by. I said before we record the pod, and I say it now. <laughs> he looked like you know when you watch the testimonials and they bring on like. Uh, McAteer or McAllister or God forbid Daglish for like 10 minutes to give him a run around that's what Jared looked like last night he looked like an old man and 
he will start the derby. I'm telling you now, he's starting yeah, the derby. He's, he's will. starting the derby. He will, yeah. And he'll start, but he will start further forward, which yeah. is where you have to play which him. Probably, this yeah. experiment of, you know, it's like if we'd lost last night. Right. What it would have been for me is see this what happens, Brendan, when you go back and you reverse some of these decisions. And one of the things he's done is take Jared out to the centre of midfield because he cannot play there. And going back to playing him in the midfield last night was just exhibit A of a hundred million fucking exhibits that Jared can't play in the middle of the park. But I'm talking now, then you think Sturridge isn't going to start on Saturday either? I don't right? think Sturridge no. starts. I mean, he only got he got he's played forty minutes of football yeah. in five months. He's not started. Well, look, we, we, we'll focus but on that. Sorry, game. just yeah, to finish yeah, on Jared, yeah, right? Yeah. And and the truth of it is, you have to do so much to make Jared work in that team, regardless of where you play him. But you can't make it work if he's one of a midfield two. Mm-hmm. There is no player. Absolutely no player you can play next to him that makes him work. And he was he was really poor last night. And it was actually sad to watch. I thought I actually thought it was like it was a little yeah. depressing to watch him. Like you know, but you know, and it's worth also calling out his midfield partner because for at least in Gerard's case, there's a, there's you know he's coming towards the end of his career as as a top flight professional. Right? Yeah. Joe Allen looks like a player who's now destroyed by injuries. Yeah, what's happened to the but kid? But he, he just he had he, he had no presence on the pitch. No presence at all. He no, was being no. bundled off the ball. He was often the things that Joe Allen offered last year when he was in the team and in mm. in the good run that we had, where he was again able to get the ball, roll it, get get players involved. Not necessarily create things, but keep the ball moving, keep the ball in their possession. You know, just stop other teams from getting the ball and control that midfield area in terms of being able to do. It. That isn't happening. The things that, it's in gone. fairness, people couldn't see when he was doing them. Um, he, he, I've gone. The good Look, points have gone. Joe, Joe Allen is the guy you start against Bolton in the cup. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's the role he has in our squad. He's, he's the a bit guy. harsh though because he hasn't played. To, I think to, there's to an George. injury thing. Yeah, I think the know. Phil's thing. But there does come a point with, uh, with particularly with central midfielders. I think where you know sus- substantial injuries all the time. You know, do halt your progress to such a degree that are you ever going to get back to that no. level and there was always a question with Joe Allen right was Joe Allen ever a good enough midfielder for a team who wanted to finish in the top four because we bought him when we were eighth and we were looking yep. to maybe get sixth or fifth so that question was there when he was fully fit and I like Allen but Joe Allen for me proved last night he's the guy when you need to rest all your midfielders he'll do a job for you I think he's okay to be in the squad but he's not a first, he's not a first team player you're, saying, you're he's, telling he's, he's a new wee Jay. I mean, he's better than spearing. Yeah. For, but but he, for me, you know, Trev, for me, and we had this question, like we, we said that one of the easiest placed midfielders in the team would be to go out and buy a replacement for Lucas in the summer, right? Yeah. Joe Allen falls into that category as well. If you want to improve your midfield, say you're saying to yourself that you're looking at, at, at Henderson and Coutinho and um, Chan as, as your, your, your starting trio of midfielders on the, on the basis that you buy another centre-back to play in the tree, then you, 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 you either if you're keeping Lucas, then you need to replace... Alan, and you're going to need to replace Gerard because he's gone as well at the and end of the season. This time last year, we wouldn't have said that. No, but yeah. at the, at, when you look at him and you look at the performances put in this season, we would still get a reasonably decent fee from him. We'd probably recoup nearly everything we spent on him. Mm. But then you'd be able to buy somebody who will offer more. In, because, yeah. whether, whether we're playing two in the midfield, we're playing three at the back and four in the because it's essentially still a two that's in there. You want the player with, 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 the, with the physique and, and the attributes that Henderson or Chan brings in that area because 
they have to they have to be powerful they have to be able to go box to box and they also have to have a, a more penetrative range of passing than say Alan has mm. if you're playing with a load of midfielders and your aim is to control the ball and not allow teams on it then he ha- he can play a function in it but I don't see my problem with Alan has always been that if you if you move away from the diamond midfield where he's yeah, one, of the, one, the one of the players he doesn't really bring anything extra into that midfield or can, is capable now of playing any of the other roles that, that, that you have to play in that midfield so you know we're looking at two midfielders that really once once they were once one of them was moved out of the, the, the that zone and we replaced him with Henderson um, I know Henderson came up for Lallana but effectively he went in and, and took up where, where Alan had been playing mm. you know suddenly our team and I know there's a sending off but suddenly we gained control of the ball yeah. and then it was, it, was, it, was, it was further improved when we moved Chan into midfield as well and you can see the difference to having real dominant powerful midfielders make in that system and in the way that we play when they're in there as, as opposed to players who just do a job there's no yeah. disgrace for you know there's nothing Jordan hasn't got like considerably worse or it's not like he's doing anything particularly bad it's just that the team has moved on and the system's changed and we play differently and we, we need something he is different particularly bad at the minute though, yeah I mean I think but I, I think you can put a little bit of that down to injury mm. you know um, but I think the bigger thing is the team has moved on and it's okay you know for the team to move on and for there to be people in the squad that you go well you know he's not quite there anymore mm. he was good enough when we were you know, surprising everyone last season. He was good enough in a diamond, but actually, when we start to see the type of midfielders we want, he's not quite there anymore. We're going to talk about Coutinho. We're going to talk about Coutinho. Let's We're going to talk, talk about Coutinho. <laughs> about Coutinho. Yeah. yeah. Look, and, and Sterling. Neil, uh, I can't. I can't let this guy go because he's going to come out with more bu- bu- butterfly poetry. So, <laughs> the one word that comes to my mind every time I look at this attack now is fluid, and something that Phil did touch on first in the middle of his uh, um, dodgy metaphors. It is fluid. There's lovely movement constantly. Um, it's something that's, you know, just beautiful to watch and now effective as well. Yeah. Well, I suppose that was the that was the mantra last year, wasn't it? Fluidity as well when we were really on top. Yeah, um, precisely. I think, I think it, rather than it being a tactic at the minute, I think Rodgers has gone back to basics and what he, what he has done is I need to get my best players on the pitch. Yeah. And when, you're, when the, the lads who are playing up front now at the minute, they're all so gifted. That, I mean, he could talk tactics to them all day. They're going to do it the way they want to do it anyway. I mean, they're going to operate in the areas of the pitch where the manager asks them to. But after that, it's completely up to them. Um, and Coutinho was really on top of his game at the minute. And funny, the criticism was he's not scoring enough and he got a worldly last night. But he still doesn't score enough goals. But apart from that, everything else is absolutely fantastic. He's a joy to watch. Sterling as well, he took his... He took his the finish was fantastic, wasn't it? And he was really unlucky not to score before that. I mean, he hit the post as well, didn't he? Mm. He's a constant threat. And... Um, He's he's improving as he's 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 improved more than Coutinho, I and mean, Coutinho's just back to the level that he was at. For me, Sterling has stepped up, gone up to another level again. Yeah. I mean, his uh, towards I mean at the start of the season, hit the finished product with Sterling wasn't quite there. His connection on take whenever the final pass or his connection with the with the ball on, on, when taking a shot on goal wasn't quite there. That's coming now, and I think that's more confidence in him, in himself than anything. Mm. But uh, yeah, fluidity wise, it's fantastic to watch. And Sturridge came on there on Saturday, didn't he? And everything just fell into place all of a sudden. I know they were beaten nearly at the time, but still, there was a he was at the tip of the spear, wasn't he? Whereas when he came on last night, the shape went to went to shit. But it was a completely different game. Yeah. I mean, they were, I mean they were down to ten men and they had ten men behind the ball, yeah. so we were going sideways yeah, last night. Fair. But that's on fair. Saturday we were going straight ahead at the tip of the spear, like I said, Trevor. If you were listening, yeah, that's lovely. But lovely I, I think yeah, once again, on Sturridge last night, if Sturridge isn't on, Sterling doesn't score. Because Sturridge takes one of the centre halves away, you know. So, He's a headache, so isn't suddenly he? Sterling's on just one centre half instead of two, which is what he'd had all night, and he'd struggle a little bit all night. And we were playing those passes all night long. <laughs> <laughs> but just to go back, those to those dim chipped passes.
passes from Those, 19 yeah, yards yeah, yeah. onto your foot. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, to go back to Coutinho, and it's, uh, it's something, you know, I think, uh, I don't know if I talked about it on Monday or the last time I was on, but the the removal of Gerard or the the bypassing of Gerard has been transformative for Coutinho because now when Gerard either doesn't play or is playing slightly further forward in a different part of the pitch the ball isn't always to go to Gerard; it goes to Coutinho mm. and if you give the ball to Coutinho A he's, he'll beat one two three seven however well, many yeah. players he decides to beat but also he can pick a pass without having to force it all the time you know he's more subtle with his passing and I just think he's become the player that you give the ball to whereas last season it was Gerard you gave the ball to and Gerard dictated the play now it's Coutinho and Coutinho frankly is better at it than, than Gerard is so I think that's been the real transformative thing for me for Coutinho he's, he's, he feels now like he's the guy pulling the strings yeah. and he knows he's going to get the ball he's got a great goal last night I mean he should score more but I mean I think Andy's theory is probably the best one I've heard on this is yeah. that we don't want him scoring too many goals because otherwise someone will buy him <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Phil I, I, watching watching Coutinho over the last couple of weeks the that lovely pass uh, in the uh, in at the week, weekend, <laughs> which, in the West Ham which you did such a oh. wonderful job describing in well, the last part, it's yeah. a shame it's lost. Um, but between that pass, and let that me goal, take you back to let me take <laughs> <laughs> between that pass and the goal. I actually, because I've had a shit few weeks, I don't think I've ever celebrated a goal in recent years as much as Coutinho's goal last night. Some guttural scream came out of me from my guts last night. It was brilliant. I loved it. I mean, <laughs> this on, this guy, this guy. He made me very happy. Listen, were you watching it through Dixon's window? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from the car. From, from the car. <laughs> Is that a goal? Well, oh, the car's what? gone. It's a bench, guys. It's Thank a God they're wearing red. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, Stands out on the black and white table. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, listen. You know, we t- we've talked. Everyone's talked about him. Everyone's talked about how good he could become once consistency comes into play in this, and he's starting to show that level of consistency. It reminds me an awful lot of how much we we thought he was going to really explode from the start of the season in pre-season because he was brilliant and he was doing this type of stuff in pre-season we were all going whoa Coutinho's going to break out this is like fucking he's like a a wonder player now. you know what I mean if only we'd known how bad Dortmund were going to be this year (laughs) (laughs) but but he's doing it now he's doing it and he's doing it week in week out and you know you go to the West Ham game and he's the one that's that's prompting and probing and and finding and there's that pass what what a pass to get him get get Sterling in for the actual opening goal I don't know how he did that well, it's just instinct, isn't it? Thanks. It is just instinct. It is. It, it, it was amazing, it's, wasn't it? It really was. It's, it's also incredible like, technique. You have to watch it. Like, it was have a to shot. <laughs> but you know, and he's also he's also now got his own trademark pass, which is the Coutinho. He has the Coutinho. The Coutinho by Coutinho. By Coutinho. Which is that over the shoulder flick, and he, oh, he did yeah, one of them yeah, yeah. to Moreno last yeah. night, and it was like, "There's the Coutinho." Yep. The Coutinho. Oh, and what about taking Song out of it in the middle of the pitch? Oh, there? Like, listen, with a little flick. That I mean, that wasn't that, it. You know, and didn't he do it last? Night, didn't the he? He did it last night as well. He like kind of did about three keep ups and then hit it yeah, over a player. Right. Yeah. Then he lost the ball. But I mean, up until that, it was <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. But he's allowed to. But yeah. uh, you know, we're talking about this guy is, is creating space, impact 
defences. He's creating the space in packed midfields. It's as you're saying, we give him the ball. We give him the ball because we know that he's not going to lose the ball and mm. he's going to get the ball it back to one of his own players. It all has coincided with though, him having a bit of pace in front of him on front as well. Of course. It all has but just Neil, fallen into place. Neil, he, was, he was doing this in the first half of the season, but he had nothing ahead of him. So nearly every time he had to turn back on himself exactly. or play a much harder pass, yeah, which wasn't yeah, going to come. He has off. an option now, hasn't and he? Now he but has it, goes, it goes back to the system change, which is suiting so many of the players. Mm. And this is another, That's to the manager's another, credit. I, I have to it say has it is. Because even the tweaks within the system, to be fair, I mean, it's one thing saying I'm going to play a back three, and we've talked about this. It's one thing saying you're going to play a back three. It's quite a different thing to say I'm going to play three, four, two, one, which is not a system that many uh, people play, and actually Matt play Terry. play with uh, Sterling up front instead of maybe sticking uh, Lamborghini up there or whoever <laughs> we decided to play. Um, so I, I think to be fair, the system has really liberated him, uh, you know, as well in 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 that in that role that he's playing. Raheem but, Sterling has liberated him. Well, I think and Sterling he's not getting half enough credit. Oh, I don't know. I think Sterling's getting a lot of credit. Oh, Jesus, mean, we, we look at it's you know every set like every time we go to a pod, one week it's it's Sterling, next week it's it's like it was it was Sacco on Monday. We're talking about Emery Chan and Coutinho tonight. Like he is getting the credit. You could, I don't mean us. You could you could spend your time, you know. Um, going on about it, you know the same players over and on, and you will because they're you the should. ones. They're the ones who have turned around and given us this recovery in our season that we didn't have up until now. And you know we need to delight at Coutinho because his performances over the last two games. We've talked about Chan, we've talked about Sacco in terms of the influence that they had defensively and as a controlling force in the actual team. But everything that's been good in terms of an attacking threat has stemmed from from Coutinho. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and you know, Sterling is Sterling has given him the movement that he thrives on, and because he thrives on that movement, it means that the stuff that he's doing is coming off. So it's it's, it's cause and effect. If we have somebody else there, it doesn't happen. Like you know, when 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 um, Barini comes on and he's making his inside <sighs> making his inside runs. Nobody's picking out that pass. You mm. know what I mean? The only person that picks out that pass is when Sturridge comes on and he plays a ridiculous back heel that gets him in. You know what yeah, I mean? And it's, it's not a true ball. It's just something he sees out of the corner of his eyes and, and, and it's, it's done with perfection. <laughs> Incredible, yeah. But you bring, you bring Sturridge back in and suddenly you have two runners for Coutinho to hit. Mm. You know what I mean? And I know, I, I, I know we're moving on now to the, the preview of the next game, but you know, it's, 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 such, it's such a relief to see fluid attacking football after the first half of the season, which was which was so alien, which was so static and so sterile, mm. that you know suddenly we've started making chances. Suddenly we're, we're we're pinning teams back, and for us to have any chance of turning this season around, and it, we still haven't done the turnaround of this season. And, and I know we'll talk about it soon, but we still haven't done this turnaround of the season. All we've done is we've gotten ourselves back to a position we would have expected to be in, mm. and and it has. Neil said to the credit, the manager has gone with a certain system. However, he could have gone. With some something like this a lot earlier in the season, and results could have been a lot different. And I think I think I know we'll talk about it in a while in terms of our credit for, for Rogers. But I'm just saying, you know, <clears throat> there is a bit of that as well. Saying, you know, we could have done something a lot earlier. I think I think the the other thing, and I know we we talked about it on Monday, but you know, obviously nobody heard that. So uh, I did. I the thing. Then I deleted it. Was shit. And I know it's a re- <laughs> it's a really obvious point to make, right? But. The average age of the starting lineup against West Ham was 24. With Skirtle and Lucas. With Skirtle and Lucas mm. and Mignolet, right? Who are all above that age. You know, think about that for a minute. Think about like Sterling is 19, 20, Coutinho's 21, Emerjan's 20, Sturridge is 25. I mean, it really is frightening. And this is the thing. This is the thing when we come out to talk about our expectations for the rest of the season, the manager, top four, blah, 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 all that crap, right? Which which people are fixated about. 
there is enough in there. There is enough in that team to be excited about what we might do in the next year or so, irrespective of who the manager is, irrespective yeah. of who the manager is. That and signing Coutinho to a new deal is a phenomenal piece of business. Sterling next, that's got to come. But signing Coutinho to a new be an eight million pound player, a five year deal. I mean, it's a phenomenal bit of Thank you for not saying it's like a new signing anyway. <laughs> and we'll end the uh, review there. Okay, let's take a look at uh, the game coming up, the Merseyside Derby at the weekend at Goodison Park. Um, we'll start off with probably a very brief discussion about Everton. And, um, That's shit. Yeah, it was going, it's got to go along those lines, isn't it? They're the people's club, Phil, though. Uh, the, the no people's club. <laughs> Phil, talk to me about, uh, your, you, you had an interesting kind of quote or a reference to a quote from, from uh, Mr. Martinez there. You were talking, he, was, he was talking about Everton's form and the reason why we should be afraid of them. He said both teams are coming into form. Mm. and uh, They're a little bit slower coming the, into the, form. They're slower coming into form. <laughs> but, you know, the, 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 the only merit that, that he has in is that if you go back to our, our results recently, and the upturn in form it starts off it generally starts off as a slow one so I think it was we had the Champions League game and it was a draw then we drew and, and, and then, we, then, we, then you win a match they've done a draw a draw and a win hmm. so you know it, it's hard to see you can't you can't, equi- you can't put an equivalent to the two sets of form because we're top of the form table in terms of what's there and they're way down it but at the same time they've started to pick up points again so hmm. he's trying to in, in, infuse an artificial sense of confidence into them going into the game, saying that actually no, look, these lads, we're we're just like them. We're coming. This is us. This is us coming into the business part of our season, and we're going to mount a recovery. And you know that, that's what a manager has to do. He has to instill belief. He, yeah. he can't. He can't be there saying, "Ah, oh, Jesus, those those that Liverpool are mad in form, and we're shit." Like, <laughs> I know. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. He's hardly going to come out and say it, yeah. even if the truth is, is slightly different. But you know, there is something to look there. The form book goes out the window. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh God. Jesus <laughs> and as they say at the end of the day it's all about the cliches that go on it is it is as Einstein said as Einstein said, <laughs> I, said I, I said fuck all about insanity is dopes is yeah. dopes I never said it uh, Neil have you any stats for me no go on you sorry, said you sorry, had well I'm at 12th in the league at the minute that's your fucking stats <laughs> no, you are sorry, ham I have I, I don't want to check my notes <laughs> They signed Aaron Lennon's dad. They signed our, our Mr. Lennon. Yeah. Uh, Did you see the photographer got sacked? He got sacked as well. <laughs> for take a, I well, mean, that's not his well, fault. Well, actually, Mar- like Martin has dug him out on Sky TV. He says, well, that's the photographer's fault. Because he was questioning about Because Lennon was pissed the night before. They're not the photographer's club anymore. The thing is about Everton, right? They've only won six out of 23 you all season. <laughs> Ah, there's your, there's, there's your. Stats, and they've lost. Right? They've actually lost six games out of sixteen. You know, so I mean, you know, there's a lot of. I mean, they're in a very similar position to ourselves. I mean, they're not scoring many goals. I mean, the top scorer is Lukaku. He's only got six, I think. Mm. <clears throat> Yes, he has six. <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, it's, it's, I know Phil the the form because at the window and <laughs> you couldn't repeat that of all the things you could repeat. It goes, it's, it's like I always. It's like I kind of I kind of repeat. Einstein says the form But if we play to our full potential, it doesn't really matter what they do. Are we play to our full potential. If if we do yeah. play to our full potential, yeah. doesn't matter what they do because we have infinitely better players. Yeah. And we have a better manager, and they're playing in a better system than Everton. So, so, so I'm not particularly worried about the match on Saturday. Yeah, are you worried, Dave? About, well, listen, about, to uh, ne- listen to Neil. I don't know why we'd bother turning. Why they'd bother turning up? To be know. honest with you, I mean, the fans won't. No, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> the no people's club. I think there's two ways to look at this, right? Um, in the cold light of day, you have to win this game. They're twelfth. They're shit. 
Mm. If we've got any Every game that's coming up, we have to win. We, that. Yeah, no, I know that. But there's certain games you go, you know, Southampton away, you go, geez, that's a, you know, that's a tough game. They're above us in the league. Everton away, you know, we should be beating them. Mm. Everton away is an easier game than West Ham at home. Yeah. Right, and we just beat West Ham easy. So we have to be beating them, and we have to beat them well. There is no margin for error. We can't be getting a draw. Twenty ten since they've had a victory against us, I believe. And do you know that? that so the second part of what I was going to say. So that's the cold, hard, logical mm-hmm. side of you. But then you know that superstitious kind of emotional side of you exactly. is going. Oh, aren't they just do? Yeah. Aren't they just do yep. here now a little spawny? They would love one nil. They, you know? would, they would love to win. To really put the kibosh in us getting top four because we, you know, there's a chance this weekend that we could leapfrog uh, Spurs if they don't beat Exactly, if they don't beat Arsenal, and you yeah. know, you, then you're in, then you're ahead of one of the teams that you need to get ahead if you want to be top four. You, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. on a logical mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. And you look at the, the run of three league games that we have coming up. It's it's Everton, Spurs, and Southampton. You know what I mean? Three wins there will have us up yeah, in fifth I agree. in the actual table. Like yeah. it, it will have us up in fifth. And so you know. Th- Ever for, everything would absolutely fucking love yeah. to beat us because then if they beat us it means that no matter what happens in the Arsenal and, and, and Spurs game we're not going anywhere in that table yeah. do you know what I mean mm. and, and and it's, it. like, it's like it was in the Moyes mm. this is their cup final now mm. you know this is the game where they go uh, we're not going to do anything else this season so what is last season they were distracted because they were actually winning some games and, and you know they had, they had a chance well, on their side of defence it's no more important than the West Ham game was for me personally no no it's, no, it's it not it isn't we, 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 we have to win we have to win we have to win the game after that and the game after that and, 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 and because, of the, because of the form that we've had it's left us in a case coming back to the cup final adage you know it, it, every game every game is a cup final but you, but you are right that we have to win every game but there's certain seasons where you go the away derby you take a draw there yeah I get you do you know what I mean whereas the, you know, we can't be thinking like that. That is a bad result for us if we get a draw in the away. I mean, they they don't have a player, probably Naismith aside, who's in any sort of form. You know, they're terrible. No, you know, so there really is. And, and again, like we might as well touch on our, on on our own team. But like you know, you look at them and, and they've been struggling in terms of they've had Joe Robles and goal because Howard their first choice has been missing. We have a goalkeeper that's 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 refound and and, and discovered for me hasn't had like he again. Last night in the, against Bolton, he was he was immense. You know what I mean? He was coming. He was being dominant in his box. He was winning crosses, and he's going to have to do that against Everton because they will with Lukaku there. They will look to use the aerial presence and the aerial threat that he has. The likes of Jagielka, this down and all. They're all good in set pieces, and they will look to score. In fact, they scored off the set pieces against us last year. You remember, like in, yeah. in, in the yeah. two all away. Yeah, they were on set pieces again last night. Actually. Exactly, and, and that's three all it was, wasn't it? it was, I can't remember. It was yeah, three all. Danny Sturridge got the. I was drinking headed <laughs> that morning. <laughs> <laughs> And um, but you know, and that's that's where we have to be. That's where we need Mignolet to continue on his run of form. And you know, we he's been what he's done is, as I said, he he he's thrown off his own his own shackles, his own mental shackles in the way he's playing now. And he's playing a lot better. He's playing a lot more the way you'd want a goalkeeper that you'd want to hold down the number one jersey at our club to play. And long may that continue. And he's going to need a big game against Everton because there are going to be chances. It's going to be there, but there's going to be chances. Mm. And he's going to have to come up with the big saves. <clears throat> and what we have to make sure is that at the other end, we punish the fact that either if they bring Howard back in, he hasn't played in so long and he's coming back from injury. And if Robles is there, he's not a top level goalkeeper. We need to punish the fact that he isn't a top level goalkeeper. And similar to what we did against Lonergan last night, take it when, when they came up, we were hitting the post and the whole lot, but we kept getting closer. And then when we got the chances, finally, we buried them. 
it's you know looking at our, looking at our team the, the, that is the most the, the, the best thing about this we're not going in saying Jesus our goalkeeper's not going to come out for anything and you know even, even allowing he has an awful lot of long way to go before he proves anything to me I, I'm, I'm not say saying he's, but he's I mean it, he's it, had a couple of good games but you're still on the back of your mind you but Neil, Neil I, would, I would rather him coming into a game like this full of the confidence he has playing the way he has than going into the game say Four, four, three or four months ago, when he wasn't coming off his line, no, no, he was he was scared. Yeah. He, you know, he was starting to let in the shots. He was starting to drop off. But to say well. he's reliable, he's reliable. That's gone too far, I think. Well, yeah, no, he, I mean, I, 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 I think mean, like you, you want your goal. You, it's their last line of defense. That's where it all starts, and um, where it all starts, and where it all ends for me. And you have to have ultimate one hundred percent faith in your goalkeeper. What you said, and I don't think they no, do. No, no, what what you said also rests for him as well that we can't be complaining about Mignolet at this moment in time because the performance he's putting in means that he's deserved to carry the short the way he's been carrying it because that's exactly... Yeah, well, he deserves to carry the short Neil, field because there's nobody else. But Neil, that's, we wanted our goalkeeper to play the way he's playing. He's playing that way and we're not going to be signing another goalkeeper between now and the end of the season and we want him to continue on the no, way. And, he, and he, deserves, continue, yeah. he deserves the praise and credit that we're giving to the likes of Emery Chan that we've given to Mamadou Sacco because he's been as important. And what does that stem from? He has a solid back three in front of him. He knows, what, he knows they're going to stop chances. He's not, they're not going to give away stupid and he's going to be able to do his bit but it's not so long ago I mean it was only Chelsea where he couldn't literally couldn't kick a football which is remarkable for me for a professional and he was brought up in the, in the listen, listen. era where the keepers you're not allowed to pick the ball up so he's had it as, you're like, con- no confusing for that you're confusing my praise for Mona's recent form and hoping that he continues in the form to say that he's the long term long term number one for our club I, what I'm, we need him now to continue that run of form to the end of the season yeah I think the Manila debate is, a, you know, is obviously an interesting one because he has and undergone what is quite a remarkable upturn in form, and I mean, I'm kind of with. I think we're all kind of saying the same thing. No one wants. To, I don't think anyone wants to see him as a number one starter next season. Mm. But he is. He's there, right? He's mm. not going anywhere. Um, I think he's actually angry. I think he doesn't give a fuck. Mm. I think he's like. I think he probably hates Rogers. And <laughs> I, no, genuinely, I think that that's in his head. He's and going. May continue. Yeah, and he's mm. going. Fuck, fuck you. you. Yeah, yep. basically, I'll mm. show you. And. Great. I hope I hope he stays angry. I well, hope he takes working, it yeah. out in Lukaku's head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean that, that that so the keeper obviously the keeper's gonna start, you know so we should, you know, the back three is gonna start. Yeah, but that's, we, you know what the other big question is as regards to who starts and we've touched on all that. I I can't see all right, uh, be straight with you, right? I think the team that started against West Ham yeah. with Gerard. Instead so, of instead of Lalana, instead of Lalana, that's the is team. the team that starts the yeah, derby. I completely agree. And if I was Rogers, unless Markovic doesn't recover, in which case I will play. Yeah, but I don't know if I will play. I think he might. I think he might go with Mankio there, or Johnson. Oh no, I think he play. I, <laughs> I think he play. I. Next man in is Johnson. Anyway. They, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Jesus help. I, I like, anyway, let's not do Johnson. Let's not do Johnson. No, no, no. Markovic deserves a bit of credit too lately, for, if nothing else, for Walker. No, right, and, 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 we, and we have been credited. And if he's fit, he starts. I mean, yeah, we know about I think Markovic that, starts. I think, and if I was, but going back to the point about what, what do you do with Gerard? For me, if we're starting Gerard in the derby as part of that front three, I start him in the middle yeah. of that front three. I let Coutinho and Sterling wander, drift, do whatever they do, play, allowing Sterling to make his runs. And I start Gerard right up top and I tell him, you do not come back past the halfway line. Mm. You're going to act that when the ball goes up to you, you're going to have Sterling running off. You can play through balls as well. We're going to have Coutinho there. And when you're in there, you're a much bigger physical well, we've threat. We've never seen that. It'd be great to see. Just once. Well, see, I wouldn't do it personally because I think you lose. he can't make the runs. 
I mean, look, if, if we're taking all USA and you don't think Rogers is a sentimental manager, and I understand that, but let me tell you some of the things that are happening on Saturday, right? It's his final derby. Mm-hmm. They are playing You'll Never Walk Alone before the game in Goodison Park for Jared because it's his last derby. They're also unveiling a Hillsborough Back. Memorial uh, on the day. I'm telling you, lads, Jared started. Oh, I yeah. mean, I mean, absolutely, he started. Absolutely. So the question then becomes, well, for me, and it's, you know, where do you play him where he has the least negative, negative. impact? Yeah. And I think you play him where Lalana played last night. So I think we're all saying he should start in the front three. I think they move around anyway. To be they honest, they move with around you. anyway. But, but I, yeah. I mean, if he starts in the middle of the park. Oh my God! We're weakening ourselves. I, it's just ridiculous. We, we are that. weakening ourselves. Yeah, yeah we've, of we've, we've, he's we've, not we've, we've just we've, but we, we've, yeah. been over we've gotten to a stage with that formation and that setup that nearly every player is picking themselves based on what they're bringing in that formation. Mm. You know what I mean? In, in terms of it is, so if you're going to play Gerard, then you put him in the position that he's played in that system where we've gotten the most out. I, of him. I tell you something though: if we had a bet or option, I'd, for me, someone who'd have a bit of a question mark against him is Moreno. Based on the last couple of games, I think he's been. I think he's been poor. He's I thought he was poor, poor, last thought he was poor against Bolton last night. That I think yeah. we gloss over it because because <clears throat> he's it, not Enrique but, and but he's it, not Johnson. But again, you again, know, again, he was we're, poor. We're talking about a twenty-year-old. You oh, know look, what I, mean? I know, and, I know. In context, terms of, in terms of what, no matter a poor Moreno is still better than Enrique. Uh, better than, but that's what I said. If, he ha- if there was a, if there was a different option, he'd have a question mark yeah. against him. The fact that our option is Enrique means he starts. Well, but for me, he does need to improve going a little back to bit. Writing, I think if we play him in the middle right up front, that takes everything away that we've just said. Why Coutinho has come on so much that he has someone at the tip of the spear he can but play then, but then, that's but, going to make the runs. Gerard isn't but, capable of making those runs the, the anymore. Only, the, there was but, a time when he could, but, but not Neil, now. Neil, then, then you're saying that Sterling isn't going to make those runs. Just because you're playing there, if you're playing, the slight change in that is that Sterling plays it's effectively like when Sturridge is there that Coutinho is behind the two of them and Sterling can become an auxiliary attacking midfielder if, if, if Coutinho is caught up the pitch or Sterling is also a, a centre forward so you've got a double threat in in, in um, Gerrard and Sterling and that you can either play a ball in in when let Gerard use his physicality and he won't get bounced around or you can go around the corner and use Sterling's pace for Coutinho I just think there's a, there's a technical variation and I look I'm telling you that's my point Brendan Rodgers has not done anything that I thought he should do all season so I don't expect him to change that on, mm. at, at the weekend and I fully expect Gerard to start where Lalanne starts yeah. I would just like to see him there I th- I, and I, I will always stand by it my greatest regret is that we didn't develop Gerard in the same way as Roma developed Totti because I think he's, he, he could still be providing the same thing that Totti does to, to Roma at 36-37 in terms of that they aren't relying on his pace they've, they've built around him and they, they, they get the best out of what he has and that's uh, pure Imagine 28. Imagine. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So they're the two selection. Uh, well, it's really the only one selection issue that we, we, we can we can. We well, can it's imagine. true. Does Sturridge start? Does Sturridge start? I don't. I mean, I think we've all kind of hinted at it. I don't think he does after, you know, only 40 minutes of, mm. of play after five months. I mean, why would we? It's not, a, you know, if we were desperate or if we, you know, if we really needed him I'm sure Rodgers would consider rushing him but do you, you remember know, the impact he had off the bench last year yeah well that's the thing I just I just don't think we need him to start I, the point. you know yeah. the fear factor that will go on when he comes on as we've seen against West Ham as we've seen against Bolton he appears mm. with 25 30 minutes tw- 35 minutes to go and, and he's like, we're like for a goal right? and there's every chance we will be yeah. at that and, and I'm telling you now like West Ham did it will cause him to drop four or five yards because he don't want to get exposed to his pace and Sterling's pace plus it helps the manager if he doesn't have to start him because he doesn't have to if he starts Sturridge then, then one Gerard of Gerrard, yeah, Sterling, yeah, yeah. Coutinho, Lucas or Henderson misses out yeah. and 
who are you dropping from those yeah. right now? You're not dropping. Oh, well, he probably leaves Jarrett in the middle of the field, which is what well, yeah, he, well, he might. Yeah, he or he dropped Markovic and played Henderson right wing back is what he might do. But I mean, if he does that, look, we're well, all agreed, right? Yeah, I, think, if yeah, starts, starts, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to he'll drop Markovic and Henderson and play then Jarrett will go in the middle. I think that's what that, I, that, that would be absolute I, car crash. That would be car yeah. crash stuff. But I mean, that's if if we're going on his form lately, that's where he's going to play, isn't it? Well, if we're going on Jarrett's form, I'm talking about the manager. Well, if we're going on it, yeah, I mean, I I don't think Sarri starts. I think Rod, uh, Jared plays well, Alana plays. And I think, you know, I, I just think he's not going to mess around with it too much. If he okay. messes around too much, we're in trouble. Okay, well, look, let's let's uh, let's move it on a little bit then. We've, we've, we've talked about the team is basically the team that we expect. So, yeah. Yeah. so let's get predictions. So, Neil, how do you see the, the, the derby well, I'd say a comfortable 2-0 away win. A comfortable 2 0 away win. That's lovely. That's very confident. Yep. That's how Dave, I roll. Dave, you, that's confident. I don't. Do you know? I uh, the last few predictions I've given, I just don't feel the confidence. Because mm. um, they've been rubbish. No, I mean we haven't. To be fair, I mean we've no, played no, very, your predictions. All oh, my predictions. Yes. Yeah, they have been rubbish. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I'm gonna hope that my rubbish streak of predictions is gonna continue. But I'm going to say that we will draw one-one. Ooh. Okay, that stings a bit. Uh, I I think two-one Liverpool. What do you reckon, Phil? I'm not confident about this, and you know I thought we'd win five 0 last night. So long, but that did, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, look, I'm I'm not confident. I, it, it, I hate this, and I'm 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 a sucker for for fucking um, the form thing. I'm also a sucker for you know superstition, and I just keep looking and saying those fuckers are eventually going to beat us, and I just hope it's not Steven Gerrard's last game that they beat us on. I hope we win. I genuinely hope we win. I hope we put. I, th- I hope we win three or four nil like we did last year at home. I hope we we absolutely marmalade them. Do you know what I mean? I just just want to see us ram home a massive victory. You know to set us up going into sports and Southampton. That's what you want, but you're not sold. I'm not sold. I think it's as likely to be a draw or a loss than it is to be a win. Just there's all fucking connotations there's all that added emotion what Dave says can also work negatively there's all the you know praying you never walk alone and bailing the, the oak there's the context of the derby yeah and you know that, that stuff you've seen it in different games you've seen it affect teams negatively as opposed to positively they become overcharged they become over emotional in the game and, and the clarity of talk sometimes go missing We've also got a lot of players who will be in. Well, we've got the likes of Emery Chan and that who'll be in their first derby. Yeah, because he didn't play in the mm. in the home one, and he's going to be under huge pressure. Legs is an issue as well. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing that kind of worries me uh, is, you know, Coutinho, Sterling, uh, Jean, Sacco, Moreno, all put in a lot of yards over the last few games. You know, does it start to tell? Anyway, look, I mean, I don't want to tra- bring it all down. I think that's oh yeah, five net was yeah. I think that yeah. Yeah, I, I did prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat. <laughs> Go! <laughs> uh, right. Listen, Trevor, I'm sorry for interrupting you earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you are a terrible bastard. Uh, we start with a. What are we doing? Uh, talk about Brendan Rodgers is oh, what we're going to start about. Brendan. Yeah, the Brendan topic. And we'll start with, look, we've, we've had a couple of people suggest uh, a couple of topics and we'll just mention them first and then we can go from there. Uh, Brian Murphy was saying, I wonder who he's talking about. He said, isn't it about time Rodgers bashers hmm, who wanted him gone so harshly or so hastily admit that they were wrong or that we're better off uh, with him. And then Kieran Palmer also says, is Rodgers a fraud? Or a genius, or actually somewhere in between. Um, now that's the kind of general uh, ideas and thoughts. And there's been other comments mm-hmm. over a while. What do we think? No, 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 no. no he's not a. Sh- he's not a fraud. 
<laughs> Are we recording? Yeah. Good lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're here. Are, we, are, we, are, we, are we recording? Yeah. <laughs> For me, you can't turn around and say anything. We're seventh in the league. Yeah. You know, we haven't achieved anything yet. We've been knocked out of the semi-final of the League Cup. Yeah. It's back to the Ming now thing, isn't it's, it? It's, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress, yeah. right? You can't turn around and say that he's proved everyone wrong in terms of what he's done. No. He's still shown mistakes in his decision-making in terms of substitutions in the run that we've been on. Um, there's a, there, there is an element of luck in terms of the, for, the, the team that he's had to pick due to injuries. The bigger questions come now over the next seven games hmm. as to how much has he, le- has he actually learned. How much? How much? Now with a fully fit squad to pick from, has he learned that actually the the youth, the players that are being signed, are much more trustworthy than the absolute garbage that I was using in the first half of the season? Mm. Right? If he does, if he's done that, then then you can pose the question: Should there be a large dose of humble pie eaten by the likes of myself, who who still don't feel yet that he's the manager that is going to take us on to better things? And that's not me saying I think he's crap and the whole lot. For me, it's, it's, it's more to do with what do I expect from Liverpool Football Club and what do I expect my manager to be, to be doing and, and capable of doing? And am I going to be sitting here in 12 months' time talking about how we need to go on a great run in the second half of the season to achieve it? Because every indication in, in all the seasons that he's been there is that he's not good in the first half of the season and then eventually something happens which then shows his, his capabilities as a manager that he adapts the things to fit when he's put when his back is put against the wall whereas the really good managers address that before it gets to the stage where they have to they have to do something hmm. they see the problems they execute a plan to solve the problems and playing a system which has never worked from since day one he came in the 4-2-3-1 when we don't have the players to play that system has continually led to bad form in the first half of the season so for me it's way too early to say is has Rogers have we have those who who doubt whether he, he's he's the man or not? Have they been torn and just hang on and see? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, uh, 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 everyone who knows I love a, writing a Rogers article. I do one uh, basically most days, um, but I, I'm so I'm feeling very comfortable right here in the middle of the someone who's saying, look, he's proved nothing yet, and I'm wondering, are you going to be on the side of saying, well, actually, no, there's quite a lot to admire, or am I setting you up incorrectly? Uh, well, I definitely think you should stop bashing your Roger. I would definitely. Leave, I will. Uh, I will. Yeah, yeah. You know, start with that. <laughs> Thanks for I that. Mean, Good I advice. think that. I think that if you were someone who, in the first half of the season, categorically said that Rogers was terrible, then you should be someone now who has to acknowledge that if everything was his fault, then you can't now say that all the good things that have happened are not his. So if you're, if you're an absolutist, if you say that everything bad, that ha- everything that goes on is down to the manager and he, doesn't, he can't blame bad luck, then you can't turn around and say that all the good things that have happened, you know, sh- or that's because of good luck. I, I understand the argument both ways. I think it's much more nuanced than that. And I think the position I've taken all year is I am a fan of Brendan Rodgers. I think he is a very good manager, right? And I think that what he did last season was unprecedented. And I mean that in the absolute definitive use of the word. Nobody has ever done what we did last season in the Premier League, right? Nobody has overcome that uh, point difference that he made season on season. So what that means is that means he gets this season. And I've argued all the way through Mm -hmm. that even when in the pits of how bad we were, he should get the season. So I still maintain that. I say that 
now is not the time for anyone. And actually, this is the problem with our fans is we're attempting to make we're always attempting to make like definitive decisions about things. You know, we want to be able to staple our mast, our, our flag to a mast, and say like you know, like people smirking in the room, going, "Oh, I said he was crap first. I said he was brilliant first. See, I'm the one that said he's turned it around. I'm the one that said he should be sacked." Whereas my view on it is, you take a long, sober reflection on it at the end of the season. You say, what went well this season? What didn't go well this season? Not just the manager, but also the people around him and supporting him. And if he has got us into the top four and won a trophy and done all these wonderful things that we hope that he does, then that makes the case for keeping him much stronger. But I come back to this. If Carlo Ancelotti left Real Madrid in the summer Mm. and said, I want to go and manage Liverpool, right? Then that's a different discussion than saying we should sack Rodgers. There is nobody in Liverpool Football Club who is beyond upgrading. There is nobody, not a player, a manager, a member of the coaching staff, CEO, nobody, that if there wasn't a better option on the market, we shouldn't sit down and have a serious, serious think about going to get the best person properly to manage Liverpool. So for me, this season has been sobering in that I, I was a big Rogers fan, you know, probably a big Rogers apologist for a lot of things. But now I'm much more around actually the team is what we should be focused on. If we have enough good players, it doesn't matter who the manager is, we have a lot of good players and we should make we shouldn't be quick to anoint him or slag him off regardless of what happens during the rest of the season. We should look at it at the end Fair of the season. Fair enough. Neil, um, I get hard to read you sometimes, fella. Sometimes you seem so happy. And sometimes, you sometimes you seem like a, a terrible, miserableist altogether. So what, 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 what's your take on Brendan Rodgers? Well, I think I'm kind of echoing what Dave said more or less. Um, the, the time for an indictment or a judgment or an accolade is at the end of the season. It's it's infinitely too soon to say yay or nay in relation to Rogers. I mean, he made a lot of mistakes, granted, earlier on in the season. But then at the same time, you see, but at the same token, things are turning around when he has all the players available. I mean, they weren't available and they weren't all in form at the start of the season either. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does deserve a lot of credit for the turnaround lately. I mean, the change in formation, change in, ta- change in tactics and... It's it, like we went back to basics. Like I said, get your best players on the pitch. I mean, that's what we've done. Um, in so far as it does, is he there next year? Well, that's to be decided when the league table is, is settled. You know what I mean? Like yep. Champions League qualification is the basic is the is the basis. I mean, that's. That, that's and is it fair to say then? I'll just throw this out to everyone. Is it fair to say if he gets that? Then, unless, as you say, Dave, unless there's some bizarre scenario where a really, really top world class manager wants in, sorry, if, if he, he takes gets, it. if he gets top four, he keeps it. He keeps the job. Has to, and that's and that's should do, regardless of my personal preference, whatever. Yeah, he keeps the job, and he deserves to keep but the job. Do, I think yeah. it's important that's, to say that's as well, though, that, you know, like he doesn't have to be the worst manager in the world or the best manager in yeah. the world. I mean, if we can get a very good group of players together, a good manager, that's enough to win the league. Yep. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't have to be the Messiah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at, Man- look at Mancini. I mean, it's not yeah, like exactly. Mancini I mean, is like the best saying, is he, is shit? Or no, he's brilliant. It's not. It's. I mean, there's two ends of the spectrum. If he's somewhere in between and he has the players available and the finances available to go and get the players that he needs, well, then his job is infinitely easier. And he's on a local and curve himself because he's, he's a young man. Yeah, in fairness, he's a young guy. And I think he's doing particularly well at the minute. T- Bear in mind his job being in question from supporters, and it is so. It's such a kind of close knit community. He does get that feedback. Of course, I mean, is, it comes yeah. from the terraces, and he reads yeah. it in the media. It means it everywhere. Um, so, but it's all know, about it. if the season ended tomorrow, and we were and we we were in the position we're in now, seventh, no trophies, 
then there's a very legitimate argument to say that we should go and there's a lot of things that have gone wrong well, if that happens. Well, he falls behind like, the, you know? the plan that they set out when he signed his That's contract. That's what I mean, I mean yeah. like, He has to be an X, an X place at X, at X time and yeah. I would imagine the progression, we, I mean, we overachieved, well, we were ahead of schedule last season, let's say, rather than overachieving. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, the Champions League qualification, I would have thought is where, exactly where we should be in the progression of his contract and if he doesn't get that, then he's failed. I mean, that's fair enough. If you fail, you don't meet the terms of your contract. I mean, you, you lose your job. I, I'm just not sure there's many other clubs who have such a relationship with the manager, who have such a such a need for the manager to work out and to, and to for it to be so personal that he succeeds or doesn't succeed. That's I a good think point, I think most clubs yeah. there's a view that as long as the manager is winning, everyone's happy. If he's not winning, people want to change. And you know, I, I think Liverpool fans are, and we talked. Loads of people have talked about the, you know, the messianic nature of the managers that we have here. But I think what we've fallen foul of this season is that everyone, and I include myself in this, you know, is so quick to take definitive positions to go. I'm a Rogers fan, and it kind of doesn't matter what happens. I'm always going to be a Rogers fan, and anyone who thinks differently is an idiot. And then there's the other side of the spectrum, which is Rogers is a fraud, and it doesn't matter what happens. I'm always going to think he's a fraud, and he should get sacked. We're in a grey area. We're in an area where there's loads of ambiguity, and he's done lots of things right. He's done lots of things wrong, but there's nothing definitive to say at the moment. But I think people should be allowed to have their own opinion. When I say that, it's like there's, there's too much trying to say. Well, no, your opinion is wrong. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of arguments that you can fall on either side. It's like, and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I stick to my position around this. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not that I, I don't want them to do well. Every time we go out to play, I want them to make the right decisions. I want us to win the games. Irrespective of having an extreme opinion, you can still... Yeah, look, yeah. Why, why would I want them to fail? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want, I don't want Brendan Rodgers to fail. I want, to, I want him to succeed because if he succeeds, that means that Liverpool Football Club succeeds. That means that we achieve the goals that we set out and we ultimately win the league and we win the Champions League. Mm. Like that, and that's fundamentally what supporting the club Spore is. Bit, yeah. But you are, allowed to, you are allowed, as a fan, have an opinion that you, you don't think that he's, he's going to deliver that. And on, on the basis of what you see, you've got too many questions. It's not, it's not that I'm, I'm, I, I, I want him to do bad. It's not that I, I, I relish in when he fails. Right? Yeah, that's a different thing. And there, there is an element of that, of course, yeah, in the fan and base. Like it's, it's not a case of... Key, and, and I don't think we do on, on, on this part... You know, I don't think we go after him when there's plenty of opportunities and there has been plenty of opportunities. No. We've questioned what was going on. We've questioned, can he not see the, the right things to do? But that's good, healthy debate. Yeah. And it should be there. We should never be afraid. And people shouldn't be afraid to express opinions. But we shouldn't try to express it in a way that it means that only my opinion is right. And if you don't think it, then you're wrong. Because there isn't. There's, as, as Dave says, football is grey. There is no black and white. I'm a black and white person when it comes to it, right? But like, he's, he's right in what he says. I'm grey. <laughs> what do you, no, you're gone very right. <laughs> if, if, we're all, if we're all honest, opinions should change when facts change. I mean, that's the reality. Well, if your opinion isn't based on fact, well, then it's just words. Exactly. It's, or a sentence. it's just a sentence. It's just a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from uh, David Nickel. And David's wondering what's your favourite tinned food? He says, you know. Well, he gives a few suggestions. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna influence you. Your favorite tin food? I haven't given this much thought. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't tend not to eat processed food. You know, my body's a temple. Really? No. Ambrosia yeah. cream rice. Ambrosia. Oh, cream that's cream a shout! Isn't it? You that, that is a yeah. shout. Now, make they, a dollar they've, they've, on it. they've ruined it now because there's too many plastic tubs of ambrosia cream rice. It has to be the tin. Oh, it has to be the tin. Yeah, with the old-fashioned opener that yeah. takes about a week and it keeps slipping yeah. off. It. Yeah, and then you have oh, to open yeah. the yeah. three Why does that? That is a tremendous show. Why does that to it? Anticipation is that? It's an event. It's an event. When you that sound when you pierce the can and there's a little bit of air comes over, and then you go then you go round it. 
and it doesn't work. So you have to go turn the you thing around back and go back around the other way. And it can have a hot top And then it's going to have to go the other way and then take the whole top off so it doesn't fit back in. Would you go to the Ambrosia cream rice as well? No. I'm not into that at all myself. What? Yeah, I wouldn't pick it, but that is a tremendous show. It is a great show. Yeah. It's a fine show. I can't concur. It's an Ambrosia show. Now, if you want to go crazy, you can put a dollar of jam on it. No, Wow, you do it so well. No, 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 no. no. Well, you, you seem to have powerful opinions on this. Day, so my answer is that uh, in Asda, uh, that maybe they still do, but about ten years ago, they used to do a uh, a full breakfast in a can. I, okay. saw, <laughs> that. I saw that. You used to be able to get. You used to be a scotch egg, scotch egg, two sausages, bacon, beans. All in Tell one. Me you've tin. Eaten it. Tell me you've eaten it. Oh, I've eaten it. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, and a few was, times. Was it as bad as it sounds? I mean, you've got to close your eyes. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to look at it when you're eating it, yeah. but it is. I mean, on a nice bit of toast now, that was all right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. T- Phil, have you got a different chef? Tin no, uh, the tin food thing doesn't. Uh, mushy peas. Mushy peas. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking hate peas. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> mushy, well, mushy peas are wonderful. I know, no, you're 65. Man. I mean, I understand yeah, you. I'm not vegetables. It's 165. <laughs> you, can, you can take your teeth out and see. <laughs> <laughs> no, mushy peas. Because yeah. nobody in the Trev house. Trev eats mushy everything. Nobody you have in the to house mush it up for mushy peas. So you can't buy a whole packet of them and do it so the tin gets it's you just your it. tin so you have it and you have, when oh, you have a roast no one else can play this exactly is, oh, yeah, I yeah, see yeah, yeah. my I tin see, yeah. <laughs> I, go, I go with a can of Guinness Actually, ah, no. that's fucking that's not a can of food as, as me, as that's me, not a can of food that's alcohol that's food that doesn't count I know my granny used to say just, just eating and drinking a bin. no it's good shit it's not just because your granny says it doesn't mean it's real my granny knows more than you there was no cans in your fucking granny's day they didn't invent cans until Plus, the there was Guinness in my granny's state. There was, the but it wasn't. It wasn't even called Guinness. But it's back in then. a can now. So it was just called it. stew. It's perfectly good. Listen, your, you your granny was starving because the potato famine was on. Like, you know, so what the fuck does she know? Potato famine. I'm still not right. I always get the fucking potatoes. That's brilliant. Well, if you're going to be a fussy eater, wouldn't it be put a potato in a can? Spud in a can. You can get spuds in a can. No way. Get new potatoes in a can. They do potatoes in a can. They do potatoes in a can. What's wrong with them? And I haven't eaten them now, but I'm, I'm trying not, for it. I'm not eating That's like, that's pointless. You can get potatoes in a can, yeah. But then again, they make it in a packet as well. It's more fucking hassle to put them in a pan. I can't. In a pan? pan. <laughs> I can't. I mean, they just. You've totally on, misread the question. Just, <laughs> they just come out on the ground, you go to you put them in. Why would you bother putting them in a can? I don't get it. I don't do it personally. Do you I'm do, just saying you, you have them. Just, ah, no, 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 no. It's but for people who don't want to peel potatoes. Potatoes in a sachet. Remember them from your student days? Smash. 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 <laughs> I'm back in my student yeah. days. Smash. Smash. Yeah. smash. Just, yeah. add, just yeah. add water. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's the fucking... Uh, smash, get smash. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. Right, last one then is from Martin. Martin Steinbeck. And Martin asks, he's got a situation for us. He says, which would you prefer? To have a glass of red wine with Fergie? To have a glass of white wine with Mourinho? Or a glass of rosé with Allardyce, or champagne with Wenger. This is all very nice. Which of these guys would you rather share an alcoholic would beverage with? I have a few with? cans of Tim Sherwood. You have a few mm. cans of Tim Sherwood. Cans of cream rice. Can, like, can, <laughs> can I confirm that we're all in the Tim Sherwood bus? We want this man. Oh, <laughs> give him the job. Get that. Get him in with his Phil He's young Harry. He's got. He should literally do a salute. Every five minutes, without the dodgy, in his entire career, in his contract, yeah, <laughs> you should have to do the salute, a full-on Benny Hill salute, yeah. all the time. Off yeah. that force, or when he wants to, when he wants to instruct the team, he has to salute force. Yeah, That's exactly. how he knows an instruction. <laughs> yeah, well, no one wants to do have anything to do with Allardyce. Off that force, or anyone that you'd secretly like to have a chat with. Uh, I, would, I would love to sit down, with Mourinho, have a nice glass. You of love Mourinho, don't Vigno you? Verde with him. 
Yeah. Portuguese sparkling wine, well, white sparkling wine. I'd, I'd, have a, I'd, I'd tuck in with him. And we have to sit down. Casel Garcia, that's my own favourite one of my Portugal. I'm having a nip of the old Casel Garcia. We're, we're, saying, Mourinho, what's the story there, fellas? What's the story, what's Mourinho? The story? What's what, the do story? Reckon, what do you reckon of the 3 4 2 1? Is it Mazzari or do you reckon Rogers has that twisted a bit now? What, 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 what's Is that, that the way you go with it? Yeah. Very well, good. For me, I suppose you'd all know I've drank wine with the strangest of people. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one with the even, it. Not even your own wine. <laughs> Just don't drink the cold source. <laughs> Just don't follow the cold source. <laughs> Finish with a shout for Astro Park as per usual. If you want to book some football pitch time here in Dublin, get on to astropark.ie. Uh, quick shout for Neil Pools, we're Liverpool fanzine, um, which has stuff from myself and Neil Gray, and it's available at all the home games. Get on to that. And there'll be a little offer that we'll mention next week again. Your day trippers tonight were Neil Gray, Dave Thomas, Phil Casey, and myself, Trev Downey. The great magician. That <laughs> Rabbits up a sleeve. <laughs> Gickna. What's Gickna? That, that, that was a beautiful thing, Phil. I hadn't heard it. Yeah, all you Dubliners loving that. What is it? What's it? How do you use it? You it's like you it, can, it, fucking Gickna. It can be anything. That's Gickna. That's the beauty. Oh, oh, things can be Gickna. Everything is a Gickna. This yeah. is super. You're fucking Gickna. It's a quality. You can use a friend. And <laughs> Phil's got full Tim Sherwood today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you. Full Tim Sherwood. Full Tim Sherwood. And I tell you, I get really annoyed. He's getting lashed. Me fucking Jilly on the ground. Timmy Hookie holds. Allergy like this. Fucking great. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Benny Tim Hill Cunt Full Tim Show. I'd love if he gets the job He is going to get the job The QPR job QPR. No it's not about Tesco Oh yeah I forgot the fucking Harry Redden I've got the sack For bad knees His, his knee is gone His knee is his gone His knee is gone Yeah he said How much did he sell He's not a fucking wheeler dealer mate He's not a fucking wheeler dealer He said I rang I rang whoever the owner is Tony Tony No he actually said I rang whoever the owner is Yeah Phone calls. I can't use a phone. Yeah. <laughs> I have one of those kids' phones. Answer. God, hang on. What's his dog called? Rosie. 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 <laughs> what? Rosie, yeah. How do you know that? Because he was on trial when he first for taxes. Taxes. The dog was on trial? No, no, no. no he the was dog, on trial. The dog is his accountant. <laughs> the dog's a female, Neil. The dog's, the dog's his accountant. accountant. <laughs> That's it was a very good performance. Yes, I'm very happy. I, yes. I, I, what did you think of the man? Oh, I, I thought, thought it was very good, actually. 22 yeah. men at that start of the game. I disagree with Phil, actually. I'm 21 finished because one got sent off. Did the sending off change in the game? Obviously, it did. Because then we started being better than them. No, 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 no. To the Roman it's, it's, on, it's on the yep, curriculum. Yep, it's on the the priest says so. Yep. Yeah. There we go. Well, the priest is wearing. We we'll get sent to hell if we, <laughs> we get sent to hell if, we, if you don't go in your chaps. If you wear yeah. long trousers, you're going to hell. <laughs> if you wear underpants, you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> chaps day. Yeah, take fifty pence and wear those chaps. Tomorrow, tomorrow it's, 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 it's good Friday. Blind, Today man. is chaps. Everyone knows how the chaps day. Holy <laughs> chaps day. <laughs> Wednesday speedo day. Speedo day. Follow week is Brian. Wear Brian. I don't know what that's all about. Tom Tuesday. Tom Tuesday. February man. Right. So there's a letter you want to put on top. Speedo day Tuesday. It's where that saying comes from. What's that? Chaps eye. <laughs> chaps eye, yeah. <laughs> right in the chaps eye. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network.
Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.